the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, March the 3rd, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1791, Congress passed a measure taxing distilled spirits. It was the first Internal Revenue Act in U.S. history. Well, it was certainly not the last. Today in 1845, Florida became the 27th state. Today in 1849, the U.S. Department of the Interior was established. Today in 1863, President Abraham Lincoln signed a measure creating the National Academy of Sciences. Today in 1931, the Star-Spangled Banner became the national anthem of the United States. President Herbert Hoover signed the resolution. Today in 1945, the Allies secured, uh, fully secured the Philippine capital of Manila from the Japanese forces. This was, of course, during World War II. Today in 2020, the Federal Reserve cut its benchmark interest rate by a half a point, its largest cut in more than a decade. They said they were trying to support the economy in the face of the spreading coronavirus. Ten years ago today, Vice President Vice President Joe Biden led civil rights leaders and national political figures in a ceremonial crossing of a Selma Bridge, a bridge where voting rights marchers had clashed with police in a bloody clash in 1965. We live in a world that is topsy-turvy, as they used to say. Everything that should be one way is a different way. Most of our life and most of the principles that generations before us have lived by and and been blessed and thrived because of have been inverted, turned on their head. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. But you know, there's so much of scripture that speaks to these kinds of times. I was reading personally this morning in Psalm in the Psalms, and I came across Psalm 37 as I in my reading. Let me just share a few verses from that with you. Won't read the whole thing because of time, but let me just share a couple of verses. Fret not thyself of evil doers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass. Boy, that's not very politically correct, is it? And wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so that thou shalt dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Another verse in that chapter, Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. And verse 23 of that chapter says, The steps of the good man and woman are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. As we read on in that psalm and other psalms, we find consistently that God is faithful 
and that God is in control. The evil will only prosper for a certain amount of time, and then they will be cut off. I know that clashes with the culture, but that's the truth. That's God's truth. So we live in a culture today where <clears throat> everything, <clears throat> excuse me, everything that was is now being challenged. I'm not saying we shouldn't make progress, so to speak, but when they use that term, make progress, that means something, I mean, the left, the so-called progressives, that means something very different than what that word would mean to people who are not obsessed with tearing down and remaking everything in sight, even those things that are of great value to humanity, like America, for example. I don't know if you saw Tucker Carlson last night, but I did, and um, he gave a, a commentary, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's pretty long, but I want to share a part of it with you. He, he uh, noted something that was in the, in the news just the, uh, two days ago, and uh, he was talking about uh, a lot of things. So that's the context of this. They were all related. But this is part of what he was talking about. He was talking about Paul Vaughn. He's a pastor in um, in Canada. And I had seen the story. And I had been paying attention to it. I just hadn't mentioned it on the program. It's just This was in the last few days. Paul Vaughn and 10 other uh, people were praying peacefully at an abortion clinic in Tennessee. They didn't damage any property. They hurt no one. More than a year after they dared to do that, to pray, Merrick Garland sent the FBI to terrorize Vaughn and his 11 children at their home. You may remember that. Now, I talked about a different Hauk, uh, Mr. Hauk, a different uh, person who had the same experience, but this is a new experience. So he talked to Tucker talked about that for quite a while. And one of the things he said, he said, you have to wonder when you see a tape like that. And it showed them showing up like a SWAT team of the same thing that that we found on others who were praying at abortion clinics and they were charged with being, you know, trying to block the entrance and so on. He said, you have to wonder what when you see a tape like that, what are these so-called leaders? Where's Russell Moore and all of these breastfeeding Christians as that happens, as, as the U.S. government cracks down on Christianity on prayer? Paul, Paul Vaughn, he said they're silent. Paul Vaughn and his co-conspirators now face more than a decade in prison. Meanwhile, just in case you... You want to know what the scale of, uh, is for the punishment. The Department of Justice under Joe Biden let half the rioters who tried to torch a courthouse in Oregon, no charges whatsoever. Of 99 cases that the Portland U.S. Attorney General uh, brought over the court um, siege for crimes like assaulting federal officers and civil diso- disorder, more than 70, 47 were dropped on DOJ. The most serious penalties for most of the defendants who pleaded guilty turned out to be community service. So the DOJ under Merrick Garland absolves Joe Biden voters of actual terrorism while doing everything it can to terrify, humiliate, and destroy people who pray in public. They're targeting someone, anyone who is religious, humiliating them in front of their children. Now, why are they doing this? Well, because on some level, all governments hate religious people because it's competition. And revolutionary governments, totalitarian governments, go after religious people first. It happened in the French Revolution, happened in the Bolshevik Revolution, and it's happening now. He said that's why parents who dare to complain about their children being sexually indoctrinated 
and openly sexualized are attacked, in some cases, by our Department of Justice. And again, he said, you can see why. Young people raised to believe God is in charge are much harder for the government to to control as they grow up. They don't worship the government. But by contrast, if a child is raised to be a narcissist, someone who thinks, I can change my gender, he will grow up confused, weak, and reliant on the people in charge of the state. It's a very simple principle. It's why the Maoist government went after Tibetan monks. Anyone who sincerely believes in God is a threat, and that is the measure of a free country in the end. Are you allowed to believe that there's an authority higher than the people in charge of your government? That has always been the hallmark of America, religious liberty. It's the First Amendment. And he said this, but in Canada, of course, that's all disappeared. Canada now has become an atheist, totalitarian state with amazing speed. And in Canada, it's now a crime to object to sexualized drag shows for children. You're not allowed to say a word. Late last month, a pastor at, in Calgary was violently thrown out of, of an all-ages, in other words, for children, drag queen story hour for daring to object to the sexualization of the children. Now that story continues, and he touched on it last night. That story continues, and the SWAT team, familiar story, came to this man's house and arrested him. What they arrested him for was disturbing the peace. Is is a man dressed up like a woman with lipstick smeared all over his face? It doesn't matter if he calls himself a woman. He is not. Is that not more harmful to children? Does that not more disrupt the peace than a good guy who comes in and says, wait a minute, guys, we shouldn't be doing this. You should not be teaching these children that this is normal because it isn't. They physically threw him out on the street. There's video. Now they have come back and charged him, and it looks like he's going to spend up to 10 years in prison because he interrupted a drag queen show in uh, it looked like a library I don't know it was some public building he didn't touch anyone he didn't push anyone he didn't hurt anyone he used words he just spoke and the result was overwhelming and of course as I just shared with you I read from the text of Tucker's comments last night of course (laughs) in Portland They burned the city for over a hundred days. Hardly any consequences at all. That's the world we live in. So with that as a backdrop, when I saw this report uh, a couple of days ago, I got it in my email. It was from, um, I'm on a lot of mailing lists and I get a lot of stuff, but I go over it very, very carefully because there's so much information out there. But I saw this uh, survey titled, Pills and pronouns. <laughs> and I thought I knew what that I thought I knew what that was about, and it was. But it says in some of the nation's largest public school districts, including Seattle, Spokane, and the Oregon public school system, it's easier for a student to choose a new name and pronouns than it is to get an aspirin from the school nurse. So in the spirit of all of this that I've shared with you that Tucker Carlson told the nation last night. At least 3 million K-12 through 
12 students in 25 districts are given free reign to choose their gender identity at school by changing the name and the pronouns used by school employees without parental consent. In fact, parental consent is completely disregarded. Even though their schools require parental permission to dispense over-the-counter medication like an aspirin for these kids. Honest. Pills and pronouns. We are so screwed up today, we can't give a kid an aspirin because he has a severe headache, but we can introduce him to and sexualize that child and bring in perverted people to pretend they're something they're not, women and when they're men and so on, in front of these children, and then pretend as though it doesn't affect them. It has no impact. And this isn't happening in some private club somewhere or some private building. Oh, no. It's the U.S. government. And our government is the biggest cheerleader for this perversion in the world today. I've seen at least a dozen stories that either imply or say boldly and just directly that the United States is the leading country in America for gay rights and transgender rights. We have become from from a nation founded on biblical principles and the Bible, we have come from that to this. And now we live in an environment where people are afraid to speak up. If you go to a library and confront two perverted men acting like women, sexualizing little kids, I mean six years old, you'll be thrown in jail. They're not only perverting this generation, but they're arresting those who try to say, no, this isn't right. I can't tell you how outraged that makes me feel, righteously so, I pray. Every parent and grandparent should be aware of what this, what's going on in the schools. This organization, DFI, boy, this is, a, this is a good piece of work. I mean, they really drilled into this. There's much, much more than I could touch on in, in this program or even two or three programs. But it's all included in an article that I wrote today. We're already getting responses to that, uh, people that have read it early this morning. But the Defense of Freedom Institute gives a lot of background in their study, and it's all there. You can resource it. You can look into it, particularly if where your children or grandchildren go to school. If it's mentioned in this in this survey, and a lot of school and school districts and states around the country are mentioned there, and there's there's resourcing for for all of uh, they what they found in their in their survey. But they give the background in their study. They examined policies in the nation's 20 largest school districts by enrollment, as well as in districts located in select uh, major cities and districts uh, accused of allowing K-12 students to choose names and pronouns aligned with their gender identity without parental consent, they say. This is at the beginning of of the survey. They said, we pulled 20 largest school districts by enrollment from the most recent list in the Digest of Education Stats. As I said, it's all very, very well sourced. Here's what they found. Eight of the largest 20 districts in America have readily available policies or or guidelines that direct school employees to address a child by the child's preferred name and pronouns without obtaining permission 
from the child's parents and that prohibit their employees from dispensing over-the-counter medication to kids without parental consent. So you can change your sexual orientation, you can change your sexual identity, but you can't have an aspirin if you have a headache. These policies imply that children who are not yet mature enough to decide when they need an aspirin are mature enough to decide whether to go through the school day as a male, a female, or something else. And I'm not overstating this. With the exception of Los Angeles, eight of those these schools are in the East, except uh, collectively there are more than 2.5 million kids in those eight schools. I caught another list in this survey caught my attention, and it had on the list Boston Public Schools, Fresno United uh, Unified School District, Kansas City, uh, Kansas and Kansas City, Missouri Public Schools, uh, Lawrence Township in New Jersey, Long Beach, uh, California, Pittsburgh, uh, Sacramento, San Diego, and then I saw Seattle and Spokane and Upper Moreland School District in Pennsylvania. But let me talk just for a moment about Seattle, Spokane, and then Oregon State. Oregon Department of Education. I looked, in, I, I looked into it. Seattle, Seattle has seven pages uh, on this topic. Obviously, it's been written by homosexual activists and lawyers. I went through it, and again, I don't have time to go through each of these. I wish I did. I wish we had an hour and a half today. You probably don't wish that, but I do, uh, and I'm smiling. But it says this procedure, this is called Procedure 3211 Seattle Public Schools. This procedure is to advise, and all of this is sourced in the article I wrote today at faithandfreedom.us. That's our website. This procedure is to advise district uh, staff of the rights and support Seattle Public Schools extends to transgender and gender expansive students. The rights and supports listed below and in the associated policy play a vital role in meeting the district's goal to create safe, welcoming, and inclusive learning environments for all students and to ensure that every student has equal access to all components of their educational program. But see, there isn't really an educational program anymore. Education is fit in where possible to this indoctrination program that is well underway, whether it has to do with abortion, whether it has to do with uh, homosexual lifestyle, it, whatever. That is the main, whether it's teaching kids how to be activists and go out in the streets and, you know, and, and burn and, and do the things that, that radicals do in the streets. I mean, this is what education has gotten to. In a summary statement in this uh, seven-page dossier on sexuality by Seattle Public Schools, it says Washington state law and district policy require that all programs, activities, and employment practices be conducted without discrimination based on sex, sexual orientation, gender expression, gender identity. Furthermore, as a general rule, all decisions recording, uh, re uh, regarding assignment, participation, and use in Seattle public schools are determined pursuant to a student's gender identity and not uh, assigned sex <clears throat> at birth, names and pronouns. I'm just summarizing a couple of paragraphs here. 
Students have the right to be addressed by the name and pronouns corresponding to the gender identity that consistently assert at school. And then this, a parent guardian may not override a student's request to be addressed by the name and pronoun that the student uses. Parents, you're out of the loop if your kid's in Seattle Public Schools. It talks about restroom accessibility. Transgender students have the right to use the restroom that is consistent with their gender identity they consistently assert at school. Students who identify as gender expansive, they have the right to use the restroom the student determines to best align with their gender identity. And it goes through locker room and on and on and on about, you know, and it's all couched in a warm and fuzzy little thing called inclusivity. And I have to ask myself when I read this, not only Seattle, but these other misguided school districts, they're using Title IX as a vehicle to make this happen. Title IX was intended to promote sports, sporting you know, teams and stuff, basketball and soccer and all this stuff for girls. How naive those people were. They were just trying to provide girls the opportunity to play sports like boys were playing in public schools. That's what Title IX was really intended for just a few years ago. So we've come from that to this. And now Title IX gives the homosexual agenda, and they're writing the script on this. It isn't, you know, somebody's grandma that works at Seattle School District. I mean, it's activists in the district, and it is these huge organizations, HRC Human Rights uh, Campaign and, and GLSEN and, and, and all of these gay organization activist groups. They're the ones that is providing all this material and this guidance for these school districts. And these school districts are so paralyzed by fear for the most part, and some of them are actively involved in this because it's their agenda personally, but for the most part, these people, they're afraid they'll lose their job or maybe they're afraid they'll get hauled off to jail. I, I can assure them they won't unless they stand against this. Then they that may very well be the outcome of it. But it goes on about student dress and so on. Well, that's, that's the Seattle part of, of this whole thing. Spokane has essentially the same thing, but they only have four pages of it. So they're getting to the point a little more than Seattle is. But Spokane says the principal or building administration or an appropriate designed or designated school employee is encouraged to request a meeting with a transgender or gender expansive student upon students' enrollment in the district or in response to a currently enrolled student's change of gender expression or identity. And they are to do this before contacting a student's parents and before Contacting the parents, I'm reading it right from Spokane School's um, policy. The school will consult with the student about the student's preferences regarding family involvement. And the school will honor those preferences. So if Junior is all screwed up because the, the indoctrination that he's getting at the Spokane in a Spokane school, and he says, no, I don't want my mom and dad to know, mom and dad, you're out. You don't know a thing about what's going on with your child while he's there supposedly being educated. The Spokane uh, policy says the school may not require the student to attend a meeting as a condition of providing them with the protection 
uh, under this policy 3211, this procedure, as they call it, and the state and federal laws regarding gender expression or identity. It goes on. It's essentially the same thing. It talks about sports and physical education and one thing or another. It says the district will not condone the intentional or persistent refusal to respect a, a student's gender. There's another one, uh, another part of this that says uh, confidential health and educational information. Information about a student's gender identity, legal name, or assigned sex at birth may, uh, may constitute uh, confidential medical or educational information. Disclosing this information to other students or other third parties may violate the law and so on uh, under the federal education rights. And it says school employees should not disclose a student's transgender or gender expansive status to others, including the student's parents. That's the policy. You say, oh, man, you know, I hear this stuff, but I, boy, I don't see any of that at my school. Of course you don't see it at your school because it's hidden from you if you're a parent or a grandparent who cares about your grandchildren. Of course you don't see it. They don't want you to see it. They want to carry on. They want to steal your child and your grandchild, and they want to make them into something God never intended for them to be. Interestingly enough, the Oregon Department of Education goes through the same thing, but they have 41 or 48, I think it's 48 pages in their thing on, I mean, they're really into this, 48 pages in, just on this issue. And in there, they go into this in-depth, and again, I, for t- the sake of time, I just can't cover it all, but they go into, in, in the Oregon policy, conversion therapy. And what they say there is that if someone tries to change the mind of a of a child who thinks they're a girl when they're really a boy, conversion therapists, supporters may use a variety. This is, or I'm reading from the Oregon uh, policy. Conversion therapists and supporters may use a variety of shaming, emotionally traumatic, or physically painful stimuli to make the person associate with this stimuli with their LGBTQ2SIA plus identities. Conversion therapy is prohibited in Oregon and has been denounced as harmful by dozens of professional healthcare organizations, including the American Psychological Association and the World Health Organization. What they're saying is, if your child is confused by all of this that they're being force-fed in public education today, and you consult with your pastor, or you are a pastor, or a youth pastor, or whatever, and if you suggest to them that God can restore them to his purposes for their life, you can be arrested. That's where we are. You say, no, Gary, it's, it's not. yes, it is. That's where we are today. We need to pray for our country we need to pray for our, our schools and we need to be we need to guard our children. And for goodness sake, if you cannot send them to public school, don't do it. Public schools in America are failing miserably, and I don't see how they can be turned around short of a miracle of God. I think they're too far gone. But be aware and be be informed. This is serious stuff. They're stealing a generation while you write your 
check to the IRS every year on your taxes on your home, and it pays for this kind of stuff. Have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 